Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. So enjoy, have a great time, and on with the show. Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Everything's coming up Jay and Dan, Toolsy. We have the cheap Scrabble board of my house, just a disaster. Oh, were you that kid, Dan? What well, we were calling them tellers, but... We should be calling them clerks. Sexy clerk slots. You sure a cute kid. <laughs> but our first feud with an older gentleman was with Regis Philbin. What's his name, Frank? Mike Francesa. Keith Olbermann <laughs> tried to start a feud with him. He didn't know who Keith Olbermann was. Hey, who's that good-looking guy? So when it comes to feuds with old guys, we lead the league. There's Regis again! Wow! Really? <laughs> yeah. like Landed? Wow! Wow! Oh, I hope we have that as a drop next week. Wow. 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 It's buffering, guys. Is this that internet video? First thing that you need to know is that the internet is amazing. What are we, in the 90s? You're going surfing on the internet. We miss you, Pat. I don't know how much longer my family will be alive. Oh, I see things aren't going well in L.A. for you. Wow! Wow! You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Welcome to the Jan Dan Podcast, episode 63. Patrick, that was some of your finest editing mm-hmm. work there. Mm-hmm. Did you put that together? Patrick! Big round of applause time. for Pat. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> That's Patrick. That's Patrick, all right. Yeah, because uh, sure Mike missed Pat last week. Uh, Mike was uh, controlling the board last week, and uh, a lot of issues there. But, hey, really? You got it <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. Right <laughs> out of the gate, bought a cell gets a good it. Job. I wish Mike died. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Pat comes here. Uh, we got David Featherstone working the other yeah. camera. Yeah. So Featherstone is back. Uh, Stony. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. Hey! Hey, What a Uh, guy. Big, big podcast this week. Uh, Baseball season is upon us, so we have a Hall of Famer. Play ball! Frank Thomas. Yeah. The big hurt. The big hurt. What a guy. What a nice guy. He's He's a really, really nice guy. He really is. He uh, he has nothing but praise for us in the hallowed halls of Fox Sports. Uh, I want to talk to him about his new restaurant. In Chicago, yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by the restaurant industry when you own one, how you could ever sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. And why athletes, you know, you always hear about athletes, you know, going bankrupt because they opened too many restaurants or open day restaurant that didn't work out. Remember we talked about Timu Solani's Steakhouse and mm-hmm. Laguna Beach. I expect that's probably a Chili's by now. <laughs> Give him a box of Twinkies and this guy's ready to roll. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I want to ask him about that. But I think it's every guy's dream to own a bar or a restaurant at some point. Yeah, I would like to own, yeah, actually I'd like to own a hipster coffee shop. <laughs> Exclusively for you, Dan. But then it's just people sitting around all day. Yeah, but here's why I want to open it. Let me sum it up for you. I was in one of those hipster coffee shops today, just finishing out my second book. And and I'm in there, and there's a steady stream of people. And and I don't know if you're making a ton of money, but what I like about the business model is uh, you wake up, you make some coffees, and then uh, you shut her down at 6. Get the f*** out of there. Gone. Yeah, but so many people, because it's a coffee shop, taking dumps in there. Just crunch after crunch. No, you don't have a. You don't offer food. You don't have a uh, bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> you take your coffee. Get the f- out. Hates hipsters. I, hey, you dirty hipsters. Get the f- out. Hey, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought out dumps. Brought out dumps. I wanted to tell this story, and maybe you guys know this one. Uh, Chris Weidman, uh, UFC middleweight champ. He was on uh, UFC Tonight last week with our good friend Karen Bryant. We gotta have Karen Bryant on KB. the show. Quality human. Hosts UFC tonight. Uh, this is the story. Undefeated UFC middleweight. Do you want to uh, include some music here, Pat? This um, will be great. Yeah, sure. Undefeated UFC middleweight champ Chris Weidman is a fairly handsome fellow. I assume when Karen Bryan asked Chris to detail how his first date went with his wife during a visit to the UFC tonight set, she was expecting an adorable story. Instead, she got an actual show. As Weidman details, his future wife, Marivi, was in the bathroom taking a shower. Chris had a sudden need to poop. 
But the only other option was upstairs, Marivi's parents' personal bathroom. That was out of the question. The need growing, Weidman asked Marivi to hurry up, but to no avail. <laughs> oh, no. Spying a small garbage can. <laughs> oh, no. Chris unleashes his bowels and takes the full bag outside to the big trash can. Unfortunately, it would appear some of his diarrhea spilled, and Mariva, <laughs> Marivi's mom ends up yelling at her dad for farting and stinking up the entire house. Chris notices some poop on the floor. <laughs> so in a moment of brilliant thinking, he throws one of his socks on it to cover it up and waits on the bed for Marivi to come out of the shower. She instantly notices something is amiss and asks Chris, point blank, did you <laughs> in my garbage can? <laughs> Despite him being a completely disgusting individual, Marivi has stayed with Chris ever since. Delicious. It just goes to show you, even if it's a first date and it's horrible, there's still a chance for true love. I have a few questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first date. First date. In the garbage can in the parents' house. But on a so first... So long, my diabetes <laughs> 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 Did he wait in her room while she was showering on the first date? That's a I, bit forward. Eh, I guess. I, I mean, again, he couldn't go into the parents' room. I guess there were only two bathrooms. So, you know, and then maybe the parents got home. The, the thing I found funny was it just said he threw a sock on the sh Like, he didn't wipe <laughs> it up. It was just like, I'll just throw this on top of the sh and hope that no one notices a sock is on the floor, <laughs> and, then he's and that's only not wearing, unusual. And he's only wearing yeah, one sock. Yeah, just walking around with one sock, <laughs> and the whole house smells like his He had a big poop on the green. <laughs> uh, we should mention on uh, the Canadian Wall of Fame this week, oh, uh, yeah. Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. Former uh, teen star. <laughs> I, I wanted to sing her big hit, but I forgot what that was. I've got one hand in my pocket, and the other one's giving a high five. <laughs> wow. her, her lyrics were pretty bad, when it all really comes down to it. No, the, the big... Uh, yeah, the David angry Coulier, one, right? The David, Thank you, India. The David Coulier one where she was all angry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You, you, ought, you ought to know. Yeah. You remind ought me. to know. Yeah. Remind me. Coulier. He said, Coulier said that's not about that's not about him. It's about oh, some other got dude. Down on you in nothing. <laughs> yeah. that, that part. Did she go down on you in a uh, theater? Remember my dog with the, the raspberry PK? He's now dead. He jumped on her once. <laughs> what? When I lived downtown Toronto, I was uh, walking to the park to to let PK relieve himself, and she was walking into a hotel, and he was like, <laughs> She probably just had her, and he could smell that. I'll kill your dog. <laughs> oh. So Alanis Morissette on the Wall of Fame. <laughs> Great to have you. Oh, and she was also on You Can't Do That on Television, that uh, famous Ottawa-based yes. kids show. I loved the cook on that show. It was a great show. She was on it. Someone else was on it, but I can't remember who. But, should, uh, we, yeah. should we jump right into Six Degrees of Engineer Jim? Because I wanted to throw Alanis in there. I agree 100%. Can I just say one quick thing, Dan? Yes. Um, very quickly, I'm going to Winnipeg this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow. Thanks I'm going to so be there lot. for Dakota Collegiate's fundraiser, oh, okay. and we're not 100% sold out. I want the podcast listeners to come out to uh, the event. It's at Canadens Polo Park. Why don't we all go? I love this idea. You guys fly up. We all rip it up at the Palomino. Will you pay for our tickets? Not happening. So, again, <laughs> private jet. Dakota Collegiate Fundraiser to buy tickets, dcigala.ca. All one word, dcigala.ca. You should tell uh, the guest that's going to be there. Yeah, this is, the th this is the thing. I'm not the guest of honor. I'm just there to interview the guest of honor live on stage. It is Canadian gold medal winning skeleton racer and current host of The Amazing Race Canada, John Montgomery. Huge and a Manitoba native. We showed the clip of uh, John Montgomery when he won the gold in Vancouver to uh, our stagehand to the stars, Jim Pearl, last night, where he grabs the pitcher of beer from someone walking through Whistler Village. It's the most Canadian moment of all time. And he, I forgot how much he chugged of that. Yeah, he drank half the pitcher. <laughs> That's the thing that people always forget. He grabbed it, and I don't know if it was adrenaline. Well, I'll find out because I'm going to be drinking with him on Friday night. Here you go. I'm just going to say, listen, here's a pitcher of beer. I want you to chug it in front of everybody. In fact, that would be fun. How long do, do you that. have to question him? For? 45 minutes. Well, that's a lot of questions. What's the date? It is this Friday. Oh, so it's Friday. So the okay. 10th, is okay. that right? Friday, April 10th. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that's the 10th. Yeah, this yeah. Friday, April the 10th.
Canadians, uh, Canadian Polo Park, uh, DCIGala.ca. Come on out, podcast listeners. Let's hang out. I'm going to be there all night. And then I got to get on a plane at 4 a.m. So I'm staying up all night. I'm going to be drunk on that. Sadly, you won't get to see the Jets play. I know. I I looked into it. They're on the road. It's. uh, I mean, hey, the Jets, man, they're on the verge here. This is exciting. It's been exciting hockey in Canada with the Senators, what they've done, what the Hamburglers done. I hope that they don't fall short. Yeah, that's uh, been great. Yeah. Canucks clinched yesterday thanks to the Oilers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Penn's fan over there. 3 nothing, And they just. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, come on. Bring excitement to Canada. This is exciting. (laughs) A lot of great teams up there, except for one. Six, six degrees of engineer Jim. Here if we you go. Haven't yeah. heard this uh, this game yet. It's uh, we we throw an artist at engineer Jim because he's worked with a lot of them, and we see his connection, if any. So we already mentioned Alanis Morissette. Do you have a connection there? Yes, I do. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Uh, first of all, can we take the Fox Jet up? To the peg? Yeah. Wait, Fox has a jet? Yeah, sure, Rupert does. Gotta have a jet. Rupert's got sure, a Fox jet. Fox probably got a bunch of them. Yeah, why don't you call Rupert's? Take well, the Fox jet. Mike's probably used it in the this elusive podcast budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's ever seen. No so one's I get ever around. seen it. He, he's used it to go to a junket in New York <laughs> that no one will ever see the footage of. Ever. Oh, Never appear. <laughs> Poor Mike. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Alanis Morissette um, on her album, the hugely successful "Jagged Little Pill." Yes. Uh, one of the drummers that played on that record, Matt Log, was Slash's drummer in Snake Pit. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. So nice. uh, that was a good connection. Also, I believe, didn't Taylor Hawkins play on that album as well? He, he did. did. He was her first drummer, I believe. He was. He toured with her uh, on that tour. Right, yeah, right, right. Exactly. He's in all the videos. Yes. Now, we had another suggestion from uh, another Canadian working at Fox. Uh, she's been on the podcast, Julie Stewart-Binks. She wanted uh, an Alice Cooper story, if you had one, because she's a massive Alice she Cooper fan. She is the biggest Alice Cooper fan yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, I assume she's... She Alice Cooper at this <laughs> by this point. We'll ask yeah. her later. Uh Binksy will appreciate that. Yeah. I'm speechless now. Now uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so uh I have a great connection with Alice. Oh, yes, I like hearing that. Um okay, so uh, most of the band members that play with Alice Cooper, um Ryan Roxy, I produced his band Dad's Porno Mag. That's the band that had the single, uh, if you think I don't like her, smell my finger. <laughs> he, he plays wow. in Alice's band. Uh, uh, also, Ted Andriotis, who was the keyboard player, one of the touring members that went out with Guns N' Roses when they had like the big band and the backup singers and all the stuff. Teddy was Alice's keyboard player as well. And uh, I produced Damon Johnson's band, a band called Brother Kane uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. Damon is also one of the guitar players that plays in Alice's band. Boom. You nailed it. It's a tight connection. Very tight. And I did a gig with Alice for his Christmas pudding that he does every year. I don't know if you guys are aware oh, of this. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's awesome. It's like the greatest thing. He does like a variety show uh, in Phoenix every Christmas for charity. And he gets all sorts of bands and um, comedians, actors and stuff, and they do skits and the bands play, and it's great. It's a great, great cause. And uh, we did a gig down there one time with Billy Bob, and uh, the host of the Christmas pudding that year was uh, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he was brilliant, brilliant. And it was great. Uh, the guys from Journey played, Ario Speedwagon. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
and he's still touring. Good. And was it Mike Smith, who uh, the the Coyotes goalie, who came out with an Alice Cooper mask? Yes, he did. That's right. He had his Alice like, Cooper terrifying. mask. Terrifying. It was yeah. remarkably well done. He and he's the- also, oh, yeah. uh, I think he's sponsored by Callaway. He's like a, either a scratch yeah. golfer or like a two or three handicap. <clears> or so something. all the guys, when they go uh, out on, on the road with him, uh, he loves he loves to play poker on the tour bus, and so they have like just the greatest card games on the bus. And uh, on their days off, he usually gets them out on whatever the greatest golf course is in whatever town. Of course, and uh, you know, swinging the sticks with exactly. Alice Cooper. And it's uh, not uncommon to have like you know. John Daly or somebody like that show up to play with those guys. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so funny that he became, and I kind of read a story how he became a, a golf guy. Like it, it was like, you know, after the alcohol and drugs, he needed something to yeah. do during the yeah. day on tour. Yeah. He's, he's the greatest guy. Just he's salt smart. of the earth, man. He's love him, absolute man. salt of the earth. I love his, uh, he does a, a syndicated radio show. And, uh, you know, he plays, like, his favorite tunes. It'll tell stories. And it's just awesome. He's so intelligent. Really, really knowledgeable guy about a lot of other, lot of subjects, not just music. But, you know, he's an an encyclopedia of music as well. Just just the greatest, greatest guy. It's called Nights with Alice Cooper. Nights with Alice Cooper. Treats his band guys like gold. Just you could find a better guy. Awesome. I love it. I love uh, we have it. we have a bit of a treat here before we get to Peter Schrager and our guest, Frank Thomas. Uh, we, we went to the vaults again. Uh, this isn't CKDJ stuff, but this is my first ever TV stuff where I worked. Uh, I did stuff for Shaw Cable in Fort McMurray, Alberta. Ooh. So we haven't seen this. Uh, Mike had to track down a VCR. He had to go to the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia people yeah. because for some of their shoots, they, they'd like to make like community access looking... Uh, video, so they really? use a VCR. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like the only one in on the whole lot. It's <laughs> so weird. What did they do and it with took all like, VCRs? Nobody needs them anymore. They're garbage. So There's they went dump. from like dubbing it from a, playing it on a VCR to a DVD, dubbing it on a DVD, making a file out of that, and nice work, mm-hmm. buddy. Transcoding all that. You, yeah. So you we finally seen did it. something useful. I didn't do it actually. Oh, you no, didn't I didn't do that. Okay. So Patrick, uh, can we can we take a little gander at this? Uh, oh boy, do we get to see you? I don't know. On the video we portion, don't have a clue oh. what this is. Let's have a let's have a peek here. Give it like a minute. Skip ahead a minute. There's a long intro there. Oh, okay. They did. They rolled the credits first. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. The credits. Like who? How many people were working at Shaw Cable Fort Mac? Uh, C.J. Phillips uh, was the only one working there. He edited, he shot everything. But wait, was this a a sports cast? I did a, a political show uh, with uh, Guy Boudelier, the whoa, MLA. Whoa. Hold on. Called On the Record. <laughs> you did a political <laughs> show? I was just the host. I wasn't, like, giving opinion. <laughs> I did a golf show, and I also did a sports show. Wow. So, yeah. Surprise. Oh, yeah, there it is. On the Record with Guy Boudelier. Wow, this looks high quality. Host, Dan O'Toole. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Oh man! Look at that set. Wow! Listen to this music. I'm my pants right there because I'm like, this is my big break. Okay. On the record with MLA Guy Boudelier. Now here's your host, Dan O'Toole. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural edition of On the Record with MLA Guy Boudelier. I'm your host, T- Dan O'Toole, and uh, Guy. First off, uh, big Zoom show. In. It's a, a new show here on uh, Shaw Cable 10, and uh, maybe you want to. Uh, tell the listeners out there why you decided to start. Well, you know, Dan, as if you're, you're listening to the audio, the camera's about 80 feet away. Oh, there we go, camera cut. Really, really, I believe, captures the, the theory and our, our energy when we say um, we have the energy. He went with a and really long tie that day. To be informative. Holy crap, his tie is like down to his balls. <laughs> on the guests that we have on our show that you will be hosting, oh. and also, though, to be controversial. Uh, you I look very of, interested. Uh, Don McLean and... Uh, and uh, grapes, you know, uh, Don Terry, uh, Don McLean, Don McLean, and grapes. I like to think that we can have a lot of fun with the show. And he at uh, one time was the, the youngest mayor in Canada. Uh, so that means you're Don McLean in this scenario. Because I want the show uh, to be more Boy, than just Gee really likes because, to talk. You know, Dan, uh, By the way, I don't have a speck earlier, of gray in my hair. So there. No, you don't. That are going on in what happened? He can I talk? Who's going to be Ron McLean? Who's going to be Don Cherry? Well, I don't know. Uh, people say you're a pretty nice guy, so I suspect uh, that make make me Don Cherry. I don't know, but uh, this maybe is riveting. Who on earth would watch this? On the subject of sports, uh, maybe people don't know it for McMurray, but uh, 
this is where you actually started your political career in a, a little show called This Week in Sports. And uh, it used to be ABC Cable. Yeah, that's right. Back uh, in 1984 this is when I uh, was stuff. in the... Uh, that was really... I'm glad that all the work was put in to do that. For that. Um... It did pretty good. Did you have any viewer feedback? Like, did people talk to you on the street? Like, oh, you're the guy from On the Record with Guy <laughs> Boudelier. Yeah, good job asking the questions. Could you get them to zoom the camera in just a smidge? Hey, there were camera cuts. There were, we were fonted. Could, could, you, could you get the MLA to, uh, to shorten his ties a smidge? <laughs> that could have been a segment. How long is Guy's tie this week? <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> oh my god, that was that was really unbelievable. So we'll have to we'll have to peruse the tape a bit more. Is that show still on the air? Hell Just with no. a new host. You you were like the original. You were like the Jack. Parr. Hey, that was the inaugural. Me, uh, Ron <laughs> Ron McLean. You were Don Don McLean, McLean. <laughs> the guy and who Ron sang Jerry. American Pie. <laughs> That'll be, for the next, that'll be for the next six degrees of engineer, Jim. Don McLean. Uh, my understanding is we have uh, senior NFL writer Peter Schrager of FoxSports.com. Peter Schrager on the road. He's in Washington State. Yes, boys. How are we doing? I am uh, here in a town called Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. Pacific Northwest. Uh, Tacoma, former home of the Tacoma Rockets, now the Kelowna Rockets. Um, so many exciting things happening there, Pete, including the United States Open Championship at Cambridge Bay on Fox this June. Uh, is there a level of excitement around that area that is uh, you can almost taste it in the air? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a quiet town. I'm here to do a feature on an NFL draft prospect named Danny Shelton. He's 350 pounds, makes me look skinny, which is always uplifting. Um, he has a crazy life story. It's actually really tragic. He watched his brother get shot and killed uh, in front of his own very eyes and kind of internalized that and took it out on the football field and had some crazy college football uh, career at Washington, but really tragic, but he's playing in his brother's honor, and I know that's not the most uplifting thing to hear on a goofy podcast, but it's a great story. He's going to be a top 10 pick, and uh, we were talking about the golf. I said, is the city and town ready for the Fox Sports 1 experience? <laughs> and, and basically, he said everyone's been up, ready to go. Everyone's fired up. They cannot wait to see Brad Faxon, uh, Corey Pavin, and the rest. Everyone is excited for Fox Sports 1. Holly Saunders and our own friend Robert Lucetich holding it down big time holding it down how about patrick Mulcahy all over the place on social media this weekend had a little vacation was in charlotte so i'm tweeting about it all and then uh and then last night seemed to go to a bar the globe or what was it called the coliseum he was at some hot spot out in santa monica you know photos of him sitting on don bell's lap it sounded awesome what oh, oh. i missed that one <laughs> trigger mom Don <laughs> Bell's lap broke my ears. Oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> oh. Shregs are still trying to track down the footage of uh, Mike Botticello's interview with. <laughs> oh, it's out there. Yeah, I love I love Mike, but I think after three weeks we've caught him. He was playing hooky at work, and you can't just slide <laughs> it out there. You can't just say I interviewed Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell today. And those are two pretty good guests. He has if, video if evidence. You have them. If there's any footage, I would love to see it because now at this point I think he was doing a little, uh, you know, Boy Who Cries Wolf on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go interview some two Hollywood celebrities. I'll see you. Go to I have a photo. I have video. And it was on a Saturday. I didn't skip anything. Uh, we, extra time. We, oh, this, so this is extracurricular. You're going no, was, the extra mile. We already put it online. On FoxSports.com? Mm-hmm. So, but if I wanted to see it, like, is it prominently yes. featured, or I have yes. to search Mike Botticello Paddle interview? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what? Uh, Shrek, how long are you in Tacoma? I'm taking a red eye out tonight. Uh, New York needs me, guys. It needs me. There's, yeah. a, there's a certain void in the city when I'm not there. And I feel bad. I was busting on Patrick right there. That's a great guy right there. I apologize. He was not on Don Bell's lap. They were all hanging out. He was tweeting about it. We, we're just happy to have Pat back running the, the drops. Uh, can we get the cry, Dan? Cry drop? The weird. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like a cat. Peter, you sent a, a Jay and I an email this week, uh, an incident that happened in the restroom at JFK Airport. Yes. Can you please oh, God, relay this, this to the viewers? Because I, will, I tried Danny, to tell someone this, and I cannot get over that this happened. Danny, I wish 
Danny, I like that. Danny, I wish <laughs> I was lying about this. Okay, picture a grown man, I'd say age 40 to 50, of European descent. I couldn't place what country. In a bathroom, off a cross-country flight, walks right out of the gate, walks right into the restroom, the men's room. I'm just washing my hands. He's lying flat on his back. Okay, flying flat on his back in front of a sink, legs up, feet inside the sink, faucet on, washing his bare feet in an airport bathroom sink, lying on the floor. I said, what the hell is going on here? I was looking at the other people like, is this legitimate? Like, what's going on? This guy was just getting a good manic, a good pedicure, a scrub, right down in the middle of the JFK Sea Terminal uh, uh, International. You know, unbelievable scene. This guy just cleaning his feet in a sink in a public bathroom. Shrakes, did it look like he was giving birth? Because I'm trying to imagine how you get your feet up that high. He was a wormy fellow. He certainly did not not mind lying. He was lying on the floor of a bathroom in itself or something that is so horrid. He was lying head parallel to the the tiles, no problem. Feet up, so legs lifted. It's almost like, oh, I don't even know. Imagine being lying on your your back and your feet 90 degrees, your legs 90 degrees. Feet, though, a little curved. Into the faucet, hot water streaming, and everyone just washing their hands next to him. Yeah, well, what's the reaction? You can't ignore this yeah. happening. Did someone say no, something to this guy? You know me. Of course, I go like Jason Alexander like and Larry David. Like, what is this? What is, what is this guy doing? But no one spoke English, so no one could even really play that game with me. Now, I was thinking, now, I was raised oh Roman God. Catholic, and... and Leading up to Easter, the Pope washes some people's feet. I'm like, maybe this guy saw the Pope, and he thought, okay, it's Easter. It's time to wash my feet. Maybe it was the Pope. That, that might explain it. There it is, Dan. You solved the mystery. He saw the Pope. It was four days after Easter. It's time to wash his feet. He's it like, guys, I need to go into the washroom here. I got to go into the washroom yeah, and wash my let me, feet. Just let me, give, me, give me 72 hours until I get to the next airport. Not the one I'm leaving from. The next airport, and then I'll do it. Oh, God. you got to wash your back after that, yeah, right? It's so disgusting. And, and um, neck. And his, oh. neck was, his neck is bare-skinned neck oh. on the floor of a bathroom. Oh, but then, God. Shregs, did you see my uh, – or I, I guess you're not on Instagram because you're still holding on to that BlackBerry. Did you see yeah, – I no, no Instagram. I, I sent this, this picture out on Instagram. Memorial University in Newfoundland. They put up a masturbation notice – in their library toilet. It says, masturbation in the library toilet is a violation of the Memorial University Library regulations. The recently refurbished toilet floors are not designed to handle semen. (laughs) And absorb it. An an excessive amount of semen stains on the floor costs thousands of dollars to be removed professionally and must be reflected in tuition fee rises for next year. Please go home and masturbate if you are bored. I'm coming, baby. (laughs) Unbelievable. Please go home and masturbate if you are bored. What are the, what's the floor situation at the bar that Mel Downey was at last night? What's that situation? Oh, good question, Pat. we got to get our hands on more balls. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, Shrakes, it says, please inquire at the library help desk if you have any questions. Yeah, just go to the help desk. <laughs> go, to the, go to the 18-year-old first-year freshman who's working there to get some to get some uh, money on the side. Ask her where to go masturbate. That's I'm the juicy uh, man. By the way, Schrager, we've tracked down this Get Hard interview that oh, uh, Monticello... Oh. Uh, let's uh, run a clip of it here. Well, while got... Mike's gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, Mike, Mike's interviewing uh, Sean Connery right now. Uh, yeah. Here, here we, we go. Oh, here we here go. We go. Right. Here we go. This is it. Okay. There it is. Uh, okay. It's uh, the sounds oh, not I'm working. Go with there we go. The punter. <laughs> go the punter. Uh, I'm going to go with football. I'm going to go with the the punter. <laughs> go the punter. <laughs> it is. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Are you ready to go to this? Gonna the make pressure. Sense? Mean the pressure. When that guy is running back and he's about to return it, and you're the last guy to make that tackle. That's the most humiliating place for a kicker or a punter to be because they never can get them. It's not ne- not once have you seen an amazing tackle by a punter. They're always running over. Yeah. It's a very hard. That's a hard position to be in. Uh, well, you know, I just, you know, after doing this day at spring training, uh, you know, I'm not enough. position, but the Guys, hardest I'm thing so to do in sport is enough. to hit, Mike's hit not on camera, so hit, the question There's was no the. Hard- oh, oh, and then boom! Blow out our eardrums. Okay, oh, there. Uh, so 
There the it is. Hell? What is? So what? wait, a couple. Of, I want to break this down. First thing, I like it that he actually did the interview, so I'm yeah. impressed. Okay. So, second thing, there was nothing at all Fox Sports Live related. Nothing Fox Sports related. That was the most generic question. What position would you play? I mean, I can go anywhere. That can go on SI.com anywhere. So zero on that. Finally, I need Mike involved. I need Charlie Rose interrogating <laughs> these two guys. I don't want to have some off-camera interview. If you're going to go and spend your Saturday interviewing two Hollywood comedians who, A, were not funny in that one, and B, seemed exhausted from a racket that they've been doing, yeah. I want to see you in the mix and making the most of it and really stepping in and making it the Mike Botticello show. Because Traeger Mom. I mean, honestly, Shregs, it's got to be more like on the record with Dan O'Toole and Guy <laughs> yeah, Boudelier. with Guy. Yeah. Guy Boudelier and Dan O'Toole. Like a little more uh, interaction. Don McLean, Don <laughs> now, Sherry. Now, if, if, if Mike B came in there and was like, all right, I know you guys might not know them, but just go with the flow and said, hey, what do you think of Andy Roddick and Bill Ryder? Or what do you think of Dan O'Toole and Jay Andre and gotten something? We would use that on air. That would be great. That would be functional. We'd have two celebrities talking about Fox Sports Live. Uh, I'd be excited. I'd be curious. Or, or Shregs. Bad question. Bad question. But the only thing is that the, I think the Ellen Page thing scared him off when he asked Ellen Page what she thought of us. You know, Get back on that horse. Yeah. Get back on that horse. <laughs> how, many times, how many times have I asked Belichick a question and he's looked at me like the look of daggers, the look of hell. Got to get back in the batter's box. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to get back in on it. Uh, That's Peter, a good point. Peter Schrager, yeah. enjoy that Tacoma fresh, crisp air. Yes. Yes, I will. Have I can't Shre- wait. Guys, I, I love you all. I love you. I love Francesca. I love Botticello. I love Engineer Jim, and I love Pat Muldowney and his Instagram. Schrager, where are you going to eat tonight? Oh, we're taking a red-eye flight, so I'll be eating in the bathroom at the airport. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Make sure you wash your feet in there. Can't wait, can't wait. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. The other thing that could happen, and this guy's ready to roll. Because my uh, brother's one friend, he has really, really stinky feet. Like, my brother won't even sit next to him on a flight. So maybe this guy's feet are just, like, atrocious. But hold on. Does he just not wear socks? He just has a big foot problem. Oh, foot odor problem. Uh, we have, we have our, the Hall of Famer standing by. Yes. All let's right, let's bring in our guest because he's been working uh, all day on MLB yeah, Whip Around. He wants, to get, he wants to get out. He wants to hit the clubs. He wants to go out and have a good time. The people want to see him. Here he is, the Big Hurt Hall of Famer, Frank Thomas on the Jane Dan Podcast. Come Ladies on, and gentlemen, man. yes. How are you, my friend? Look at that. Dapperly dressed. Yeah. Looking good. We got the suit on. We're ready to go. How was the show today? I'm still a little out of breath. You know, there's a lot of whipping in an hour. You know? <laughs> Fast pace, heavy pace. Yeah. And it's earlier this year. Like it, before, it was like later at night, but now it's, but that's nice, right? I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just, so, whip around for people that haven't seen it. You're just doing live look ins at all the games. Yes. Right? And also, we're having great conversation about games that are going on, things that happened last night. Or what's your take on the day's hot news? Yeah. And so, so far, season's obviously three days old. Biggest surprise so far this season for you. I know it's early, but has something jumped out at you guys? Not really. I mean, I think the great teams are playing well. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are surprising everybody. They're 2-0. They're playing well again tonight. So, yeah. um, after the trades they made, everyone thought they would just cave in this year and not play good baseball. But they got a good nucleus of young players. That they're still competitive, and they also added uh, Bo Porter to the coaching staff, who was in Houston the last few years. Yeah, expected to lose Disaster. every ball game. Yeah, so I'm sure he's been very positive. These guys that we could win with what we have here. And it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned they made all these trades like Craig Kimbrell. We watched Craig Kimbrell last night because we were here late for that. Throwing heat, oh throwing gas. God, that guy. Right he's now he's amazing. the best in the business. Best in the business right now. No one can believe that trade. The no. best closer in baseball to be traded the last day of spring training. The pod's loaded up. They're ready. Yeah. They are ready. We did notice one thing last night. Uh, first <laughs> off, uh, so we have to wait till all the games are over. There was a game in L.A., if you missed it, Dodgers-Padres, that was hit with a rain delay. We're in a drought right now. So yeah. first off, there's a problem. And then when they did get start, play, they did get playing, I did not notice any quickening of pace. Oh, that's <laughs> At a all. good point. That's a good At point. All. Are, are you noticing any of Guys that? are still stepping out of the box. They're not supposed to be. They're still, you know, trying to put this new rule in place. Uh, I think it should have been grandfathered in with the older players because older stars, hey, they're hitters. They're, they're, they've played a long time for a reason. Yeah. I think for the newer kids, the rookies, and the first, second-year players, they need to be rushed. They need to be hurried because the new, the new rule will be here to stay. Yeah. These kids need to be taught this rule right away. Yeah, I agree. What about pitchers, though? I loved what um, 
Uh, I love what Big Poppy said. You know how he said, "Why is everyone focusing on the hitters and what the hitters are doing? Why the pitchers are wandering around the mound and they're taking their time and they're throwing the ball back to the catcher?" But do you agree with with what Poppy oh, yeah. said? Yeah, most definitely because there's a lot of pitchers that try to slow the game down yeah. when they're not pitching well. They do anything to get you out. So yeah. if they can get in your mind mentally by slowing it down or walking around. That's what they're paid to do. So what about a pitch clock? What about a pitch clock? It won't work. No, I just won't work. I mean, I just I really believe I like the idea of of speeding up certain type of hitters. Yeah, but we all know who we pay to go see on a nightly basis and the big time hitters on each team. You can't do that to those guys because those guys are what the fans are paying to see. Fair enough. Fair How enough. are you liking uh, this side of things, uh, analyzing it and viewing it from afar as opposed to being in the thick of things? I like it. I'm still involved. Uh, it's good to talk about some things. I have a lot of insight. You know, 19 years in the major league level, uh, from the rookie who didn't say anything to the after 10 years expected to say something every day. Um, it, it's good to see what, the, what certain players are going through because I can relate. And you're a Hall of Famer. I, I mentioned to you uh, your first day back after you, you gave your speech last year. You had me in tears. Thanks, Dan. It was a rough <laughs> night. <laughs> like, my phone had 9,000 text messages. Oh, I'm sure it did. All my teammates were laughing but saying hello and thanks. You know, it, it was great, man. It was a touching moment. Something overcame me that day. Um, it just hit me that it was over. Yeah. yeah. That this was the, the final hurrah. This is it. The, the, when the cheering stops, this was the Hall of Fame. And this is what I worked so hard to, to achieve in my life because, uh, you know, growing up, I could only think of being a Hall of Famer. But as I got 10 years into my career and people were saying these things, I had to work harder because I wanted to achieve that type of thing. And it happened, man. On the first ballot, I, that's, all, that's all you can ask for. Do you have any regrets about your career? Um, there's a lot of regrets. I mean, you look back on things and situations should have been handled differently, different areas. Um, the handling of teammates, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of things you look back on. But when you have a career that long, it's easy for people to focus on you. Right. You know, because when you play so well for such a long time, it got to the point that I played so well my first 10, 12 years, it became what can we do negatively to get him off his game. Right. You right. know, and that's, that's what it, it, it started happening to me in Chicago. So uh, some of that I didn't handle well. Right. Because I like my comfort. I like going to ballpark and have my job and not deal with a, a, a stack of tabloids about certain stupid things that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Do you still have a soft spot in your heart for the White Sox? Do you oh, still, yeah, yeah. Of course. Is that, that's of your course. team, right? 16 that's, years there. Yeah. Um, it could have ended a lot better. Right. Um, you know, they basically wanted to force me out and say I was done. Mm -hmm. And I was not done. I just needed to get healthy. Mm -hmm. And I proved it the next year going to Oakland and have finished in third and MVP the next year. So, um, you know, let bygones be bygones. We've mended those fences. I've moved on. Uh, I'm happy to be here at Fox and just having a good time. Are you? Is what's your relationship like with the White Sox now as an organization? Um, we're still we talk. Okay, we that's talk. Good. That's we, good. We, we, we talk. Yeah, just that's I'm good. not involved in anything over yeah. there. No. Would you like to be? Would that be like? Um, is all, that ideally what? All you'd like? great players, Hall of Famers, would like to be involved with their organization. Right. But you look down on the list, only half of them are. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of weird. Point. It's a weird situation. What and, do you What do you miss the most about playing? Because what I miss seeing you hit home runs a lot of the times just effortless. You almost like one-armed it out of the park like it was your swing is yours and Albert Pujols's are two of my favorite swings of all time what do you miss the most do you miss hitting home runs do you miss being around the guys do you miss traveling you just hit the nail on the head the locker room yeah yeah you know they become your brothers you spend ups and down airplanes road trips uh just being with the guys and because we're human and we we're not allowed to show certain things outside that clubhouse but in that clubhouse you hear it all and we do a lot of talking about situations. Yeah. Um, now we've talked to you about this uh, outside of the podcast, the restaurant that you've you've just opened up. Let's get into this because we are fascinated with with professional athletes to get into the restaurant business. What made you decide to do it? Is it something you always wanted to do? Well, I had a great fan base in Chicago. Uh, I, I really love the food game because I love to eat. You don't, you know, get this big. <laughs> I love all types of food. Right. So. Um, it's something that started with a beer brand that I had a couple years ago, which, which started as a joke. Right. And then it became serious in like three years. Uh, but I enjoy that. So I just wanted to give the beer a home. And that's what happened there with Big Herb Brewhouse. And so you talked to us about it. It was like, and it's kind of a similar situation in Toronto. We talked about it where restaurants are tough in a city like Chicago, Toronto, where you have the cold weather. And in the middle of the week, it's, it's tough to get people to come out in the middle of the week in the winter, right? I tell you, first two, two months, I was like, this is easy. <laughs> it was, I mean, real fool's gold. Uh, but after the first of the year, you know, the, the weather got really bad, around zero to five degrees, snow, wind, ice, 
people don't eat out too much. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've learned a lot of lessons over those over those two months, right. two and a half months. But uh, things are starting to pick up again. And nice. It, and it must be like everything in life. Surround yourself with people that you can trust and people that are talented and know that industry. Because as I always say, if I owned a restaurant, I couldn't sleep at night. I'm like, I'd be lying in bed. Okay, is the place on fire? Did people steal from <laughs> us? Did they lock the doors? Did they turn the oven off? Yes. <laughs> I stayed there for the first three months almost every day. Yeah. Wow. I uh, learned a lot about the business. So I've been hands-on. I mean, I've, I've watched. i got my own little private cameras. I can watch the place at any time. Oh, nice. So that's something that uh, you have to stay on top of. And I get the daily reports, and I go over the daily reports because it is my business. And I do care, but I do care about the fans also. Yeah. So you got to deal with the Yelp people of the world, and, you know, those things can be ugly at times. Yeah. And you Especially with a celebrity. And yeah. You, and you don't want that guy showing up, the guy who comes and rescues bars, and then he starts spying on your staff and stuff. By the way, that guy creeps me out. Oh, the mystery diners guy. You and don't no, want that. I like the idea of a reality show, though, a Frank Thompson reality show running your restaurant. But I tell you, mystery diner did come to my place. And, what? Uh, he gave us he gave us high praise. He was, yes. he was impressed. Okay. Okay. He good. was impressed. I'm so glad he came after the third month because the first couple of months, things were a little <laughs> shaky. But he came the third month, and he was really impressed. He thought it was going to be a disaster, but uh, he wrote there. He was like, really? Really pleasantly surprised about the restaurant. Awesome. So if someone awesome. goes to your restaurant, one of our podcast listeners, they go to Chicago, go to your restaurant, give us your, your favorite menu items. Oh, yeah. That's hmm. a good question. Oh, whatever. Either like me. I mean, you can think about steak, you know, the, mm. the chicken sandwiches. I got a few melts there. Uh, but we have some serious food on the menu. Um, and it's baseball season now. But my favorite is Frank's foot-long hot dog that's just filled with everything. The southern chili. Oh, with, oh. oh yeah. With the... With the pickles and the relish, and it, it is really good. Mustard, ketchup, I'm telling you, a foot-long hot dog, man. but it's just it's got a special chili on top that's just like people are really talking about. And is it a restaurant so you can go there for dinner, and then can you? is there a bar area you wander in there and watch the game and stuff? So yeah, you can spend a, the whole night there. It's a big place. It's almost 11,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Crap. wow. So the bar, area, the, the bar is tremendous, but I, I did build an area for just the, the, the diners and the, and the casual eaters so they can be away from all the bar drinkers who are having a good time. I like it. I like it. And can you see yourself expanding? Like this is successful. You put it. Maybe put one in Oakland. Maybe you, maybe you put one around the country. Different. Maybe put one in L.A. While you know, I would, You can keep an eye on. If it. I did it again, it would be brew pubs. Yeah. Not the size of the brew house. Right. I mean, right. I, it was a, it's a quite a taking. Something. Something it's a, a little taking, smaller. Yes, for a person who's never been in a restaurant business. Right. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of staffing. It's just a lot of things to watch out for. Just like he said earlier. Yeah. Um, I would like to do it on a smaller scale. And yes. Put them in different pockets of where I played. Um, Can we do rapid fire before you yeah, go? Yeah, very sure, quickly. Of course. Best pitcher you ever faced. Ooh. Like one a guy one, where you saw you're going to face him, you're like, oh, shit. I tell you what, that was Jeff Nelson for me, the reliever uh, with the Yankees. I could not get a hit on this guy. I think I finished up two for 31 against him in my career, but he had my number. One night I'll go in there and look for fastball. It's all breaking balls. I go and look for all breaking balls. It's fastballs. And it just it was one of those things. He's six foot seven. I could never see the ball until it was halfway there. So he gave me the most fits. But the best starter I've seen in my career had to be at one time was Pedro Martinez. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think in the 98-99 season when he really took off, uh, he had some of the best stuff I'd seen my whole career. Favorite ballpark uh, to visit as a player? For me, it was Baltimore. Wow. Just I loved hitting that Camden Yards. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things that it was cozy fences, but the locker room was so nice. The food was excellent. Uh, the clubby there did a wonderful job. I just, I really liked playing in Baltimore. It was like the first of the old school. Yes, it was. The new old school ballparks, right? Yeah, of your right. 521 home runs, your favorite. Um, the one where you look back and you're like, okay, if I could relive that swing, if I could relive that feeling, that would be the one where I'd do it over. You know, over. I, I had such a high regard for Roger Clemens that I hit a grand slam off him in, in Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium. I think that would be my favorite just because it was against a pitcher that I had so much respect for, and it was in historic Yankee Stadium. And you silenced the crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be my favorite, you know, just because it meant a lot. And lighting the fireworks whenever you hit a home run in Chicago that must was have just been a thrill. Yeah, I had a walk off there that was pretty good too against Eddie Godardo. It was a grand slam also. I remember that one also. And the fans went crazy because we were just back into the pennant race. We had just got Robbie Alomar and Carl Everett in the trade that day and had a grand slam walk off that night. And your thoughts on Toronto? You spent time there as oh. a player, you spent the time there as a, a visiting player because we got a. Most of our podcast listeners are Canadian, so. Well, I love playing. Well, I love playing for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, it's a classy organization. They did everything great, especially after the debacle in Chicago, and they mm -hmm. opened on and brought me there. You thanked them in your speech. I did, and they, yeah. they did a great job, wonderful job treating me there. Um, 
But as a visiting player, it was one of my favorite cities to go to. It was much relaxing. I didn't play hockey, so I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know, they did notice me, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, uh, just a great city. It was a very classy city, and I enjoyed playing there. And the fans, yeah, they were quiet at times, but they, you know, they acknowledged when you did something special out there. Do you um, think this year they finally make the playoffs? Yeah, good question. What do you think of their team this like year? I told you guys, in the I told you guys right last year, I like that offense. Adding Josh Donaldson, they have a murderer's role there, three, four, five, yeah. uh, with Batista and Carnarion and 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 then Donaldson and this kid Justin Smoke. Uh, wakes up and find the talent that he really has. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be something to deal with. Yeah. Uh, pitching, uh, pitching, they're a little short right now, a little pitching. But, hey, they still have a little money to go out and spend and maybe get a, a reliever or two that can help down the stretch. Um, and you're, and you're, sorry to cut you off, Jay. Nope. Um, your favorite player right now that you would pay money to go see play? It's Jacaro J- Stanton. Yeah. I mean, I was warned a few years ago by Ozzie Guillen and Ozzie Guillen Jr. They called me and said, Frank, we got a guy down here that when he swings the bat, he tears up more grass on a daily basis than I've ever seen. And that meaning balls hit to the outfield, landing in the outfield, tearing up grass. And uh, I'm like, you're crazy. I, I've seen a lot of guys who said, no, Frank, you had unbelievable power. This guy's power is something that you really, you really think he's taking something. Yeah. And he's not. This guy's gifted. Is really Ozzy is. coming back? Do you think Ozzy will manage so. again? I yeah. hope so, man. He's a great manager. He's a great character. Uh, he's lovable. He's too talkative at times. <laughs> <laughs> but – he knows the game. He lives for the game. I think somebody should give him a second chance if they're looking for a winning manager. I'm fascinated by Ozzy. Like, did you always know he was going to be a manager? Did everyone kind of know that? No. But, it, you know, we, we used to have those huddles on the mound. He would always take over. Right. I'm like, Ozzy, shut up. <laughs> but, but he knew the game. Right. And uh, been his teammate for 11 years, and then he became a manager. I was like, what the heck's going how on? How weird was that? It like was how- weird. I, didn't, I wanted to be <laughs> traded at first. <laughs> but then I gave him a shot. And he was spot on with everything, man. Yeah. He, he I gave mean, me the right rest Chicago, days. Right? He just knew guys. You know, he knew yeah. that for me, he knew the matchups that I didn't like. So those days I would not be playing. And the media didn't know how to take it in Chicago. Well, and he's like, don't worry. We got a left. He's going to hit today yeah. against this, this dominating righty. Give Frank a day off. He'll be better the next day. And he was right. Those days off helped. And the next day, I'm pretty much three or four times, hit a home run the next day. It's kind of too bad he went to Miami because it's like yes. he's kind of tarnished he was, a little bit there. Well, you know, he was trying to. <laughs> Make a point like he always does, right? And, and, and said the wrong thing. Sure, yeah. Uh, there was nothing there of hatred or anything no, else. No, he was trying to be cute as usual and make a joke. Yeah, and sometimes his jokes got him in trouble. Yeah. Uh, my last question, just because he's my favorite uh, pitcher, uh, what was it like facing Roy Halladay? Roy was a workman. As one of my favorite teammates of all time, I got to play with him in Toronto. We got along very well. I was one of the first guys that could break his rhythm. Sitting next to him on the bench because he knew I cared. We spent countless hours in the weight room together working hard, and he respected that. So Roy and I became very close. This guy works like no other. I mean, I get to the ballpark at 6.15 a.m. in the spring training every day. Roy's always finishes running by 6.15 a.m. Yeah, That's how dedicated this guy was. Yeah. And it's so sad to see him injured and ending his career because, to me, he would have been a Hall of Famer, yeah. hands down. The way it ended was really unfortunate because it was just lights out for the Jays and then he gets to Philly. It almost well, I, I hope the voters really take a look at what he really did on the field. Yeah. yeah. Complete game, shutouts. He was phenomenal in the time he played. And you look at Pedro Martinez this year getting in with 220 victories, mm-hmm. you better look at Roy Halladay because I can, I can vouch for this guy. This guy was a true, surefire Hall of Famer. I love, love it. it. A lot of listeners will love hearing that, Frank. Uh, no doubt. We Frankly, love to have thank you, on, you for coming in, popping in after oh. you, your day was essentially done. So, uh... <laughs> Well, you know the caffeine's in me right now. So guys, I, can talk, <laughs> I can talk another 30 minutes with you guys. You know, you guys are my favorite Canadians. You know that. This oh, is amazing, man. Awesome. It's so awesome. Frank Thomas, thank you so much, Thank you, my guys. Friend. Thanks this for having awesome. me. This ruled. And if you're in Chicago, go visit Frank's Brew House. Yeah. Go check it out. Get a melt. Or get, get the something. hot dog. Get the, get hot, the hot dog. dog. A fully loaded hot dog. Chicken sandwich. Thanks, Frank. Frank. Thanks, Frank. Have Frank. a good day. What a guy. Told you he was awesome. Um, we so, didn't. Re- so Hall of Famer, two-time AL MVP, five-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, yeah. two thousand Comeback Player of the Year, career average over 300, 301, 521 yes. home runs. That is the resume of a Hall of Famer, and that's why he's in there. Yep. He uh, and. Again, we've said it, like he's been just a gentleman to us ever yeah. since we've gotten here. He, for some reason, thinks we're funny, so that's nice. 11,000 square Jim feet? That's goosebumps. A, I got yeah. freaking goosebumps. Yeah. 11,000 yeah. square feet's awesome. a big restaurant. Yeah. That's a big place. That's a big restaurant. <laughs> Jim, you wouldn't open a restaurant that big, would you? 
No, I would open a strip club. I that knew day. you were gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you were gonna say. Yeah. They have a buffet in there. Multi, yes. Uh, vag oh, wings. Vag wings. Yeah, we got uh, such a nice artist rendering of the vag wings logo uh, online. So fantastic. much work went into it. Oh, we have. Uh, is it time for uh, email chain theater? Oh, yeah. yeah. Here we yeah, go. This is gonna be exciting. I know Dan, for one, is really excited about this. Dan just asked for it, didn't you? Uh, well, this is another edition get... of... Email Chain Theater. Check your inbox. And uh, this one's titled, Dan Gets a New Blackberry. This is exciting. Oh, man. So my first email was, just arrived and must be discussed on the next pod. Looks like a PSP. I responded in all caps, bite me. <laughs> <laughs> You should just carry around your desk phone in your pocket. It's the same size. And then I responded with, I guess this is how cutting-edge people feel. People always envious. I do like some of your T-shirts. Then Jay chimed in. Email chain theater. <laughs> <laughs> Doing tiny things right now. Email chain there it is. Yeah. Check your inbox. There it is. <clears throat> We got the, uh, the yeah. old BlackBerry Passport. The old Passport. Now, is that the first passport sold in North America? <laughs> <We're good>. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it does, this is the interesting thing about it. A couple, my favorite thing was that you, uh, as soon as you got it, you said, and I quote, I have the weather on this thing. Yep. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Get the weather right there. Oh, we got a special it's weather. It's so, like, why? It's so big. It's like an iPad mini. You got the weather. Uh, I can make phone calls. I can receive them. I have Instagram. Oh, that's the big one right there. And when I send you links to things, now you can actually open them. Exactly. Exactly. When people send me links to anything, I, I can actually get work done. So way to go, BlackBerry. You did it. So uh, at this point, though, this is kind of your first touchscreen phone, correct? Uh, are, are you liking that? Yes, do you I like, do. Yeah. Except uh, we discovered last night uh, that I have really slimy fingers. Yeah, you have greasy fingers. <laughs> As I said to my daughter, do Ruby you... O'Toole, I'm like, do you just walk around with, j like her, she touches anything and it's like jam hands. Right, right. So I think I have the same issue. Or do you, when you wipe, do you wipe with your fingers like they do in India? <laughs> oh, were you that kid, Dan? So you just hands in water. Okay. Hey, uh, we didn't talk about the fact that you were in Edmonton. Yes. Uh, you know who I saw there? I saw Clifford. Is it Clifford, the L.A. Kings mascot? Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about the big red dog. I, Bailey. I'm like, no, it's Bailey. Bailey. Sorry. Yeah. I'm walking Send out. Send a great picture. And he, the best part is Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I got to get a picture with him. So I got them to take a picture. And then for the first time ever. I heard a mascot talk. He's like, what are you doing here? Hello, Dan. <laughs> I'm Clifford. <laughs> Bailey. Oh, hello, Dan. I'm Bailey the Lion. Oh, I hope we make the playoffs. What's a good place to eat around here? <laughs> so Bailey travels with the Kings? Not but always. he wasn't even there. The Kings arrived the next day, so he was uh, lounging. I don't know. What was he doing there so early? They do a lot of appearances. He's like one of the most popular. But in Edmonton, in the, like everywhere, he goes to some <laughs> camp in Germany every summer. I think it's like a hockey Weird. camp. I, I mean, good for him. What a great gig. He's, he's, yeah. He set up that. I don't. You probably didn't see. It. They the Kings brought us out on the ice, and we did this like that bubble thing where you like. Oh yeah, you did. Yep. They, yep. He like set that whole thing up for us. So, Patrick, why do you come down to the Staples Center? I'll roll you around in a ball. I went to a Kings. I went to a Kings game. Uh, this was probably like fifteen years ago. <laughs> Uh, with uh, Mike Percaro and Steve Percaro, the two brothers uh, from Toto that were in the band, right? Oh. And uh, we went with their roadie, their drum tech guy, this guy, J-Mo, who's a nutcase. Hardcore Detroit Red Wings fan. He's wearing his Red Wings Letterman jacket at the game and all this stuff. And he hates it, he hates mascots, hates all that stuff. He's got season tickets to the Kings. We're right in front of the goal crease in the corner in the boards, and uh, Bailey comes by, and he's like trying with some like a maybe like a, a eight year old girl, and they're handing out T-shirts to little kids, and uh, a fight starts to happen in the corner, and and Jamo starts yelling at Bailey, and he's like, "Hey, sit the f down! What the f 
fucks with the stupid fucking lion anyways. <laughs> Who has a fucking mascot? Sit the fuck down. Wow. So the little kid comes <laughs> up and she starts yelling at him. Hey, hey, don't yell at Bailey. What are you doing? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And Bailey comes up and he's not talking, but he's like pointing in his face. Gesturing like, emphatically. Yeah, boo, Red Wings, right? <laughs> and and JMO's like, get the fuck out of my face. And he shows him and he falls over backwards. Wow. What? Oh, no, I'm and, falling. And of course, you know, I'm sitting there with the Picaro brothers and we're all like trying to hide in the <laughs> Stands like, oh no, you oh know. Oh my god, it's hilarious. I mean, oh. ba- mascots must take a lot of abuse. Jeremy Taggart, do you have any uh run ins with mascots? Maybe Carlton, the Maple Leafs bear? Ugh, um, <laughs> not really, other than the Benam de Neige. That's the carnival when me, when me and my kid, my brother, when we were kids, like I remember those in, I think it was in Barry. <laughs> And the one that, like, we're, they're trying to get us to take pictures of, for sure, he was all banged up, and he reeked like darts. <laughs> <laughs> but Om Dinesh did? Yeah, like, oh. so bad. And he was like, hey, and he's, like, grabbing us, and we're just like, there's, a, there's actually a picture of, of me and my brother Jetson, and we're, like, trying to get away from when in the picture like oh. and he's like waving his hand in front of his face you like did post face. a great picture on instagram of john candy as the easter bunny i'd never seen that yeah, picture that was that from? phenomenal i i just kind of scoured a little and found some gold boys i mean i, I couldn't believe it either but uh and they're muppets too which even takes it up a notch it's like jim henson and john candy double full-on awesomeness. I will say this, though, Jeremy, Bonhomme Dinesh, the most terrifying, creepy snowman in the history yeah, of the yeah, 100%, and he's, like, everywhere. He right? is. He's he like, is. every winter fair, he's there. He's always some, like, hack. Like, it's, that's, like, uh, the uh, carny version of a mascot. So yeah. They're always drunks or meth heads. Yeah, exactly. He's probably <laughs> pissing himself inside the costume. <laughs> zip on, zip up, All banged up. Um, the actual, it's Bonhomme de Carnaval. Oh, yeah, I, I've said that. I've said Bonhomme de Neige a few times. And me too. Reminded me of that. Yeah, Bonhomme de Carnaval. Yeah, um, he is terrifying. Yeah, he's, yes, just yes. look him up if you've never seen him. Uh, he's 100%, so creepy. He's He's got kids all over Quebec. Just (laughs) pawing at his Uh, balls. I think I've mentioned this before. I I bought a book when uh, I was in Quebec City the last time. And that tells the story. And this kid goes to to Bonhomme de Carnival's (laughs) snowman land. And and it's just all people that just look like him. And it's... He's got an ad in Craigslist looking to play ColecoVision. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Let's come over to my house. I got a Coleco. You control all the players. Uh, you sure cute, kid. Jeremy Taggart, you'll like this. Uh, you know who our uh, podcast guest just was? Frank Thomas. The big hurt. Yeah. yeah. yeah what a legend. He's so great. I forgot nice to tell guy. him. Remember when he um, his time in Toronto was up? That was when the Jays were a bit uh, a bit slow and moving. Uh, his picture on the outside of the Rogers Center was there, but four months after he had left the team. Yeah, they, he was yeah. expensive too. I remember that. Yeah, he was, that was like a classic Jays move of like getting a veteran and paying them ten million. Bucks ten million, there. exactly, Jeremy. That's what it was. It was a two-year, twenty million deal. I remember that. And he had yeah. come off that great year with Oakland, and uh, yeah, I mean, they did that a bunch. They even did that. Like, uh, I don't know. That's um, that's all over with now. But yeah, I I, I was kind of like I liked the big hurt. But even in Chicago, they were like, man, how about the big? Let's we know you can do better. The uh, the bandwagon for the Jays must be full because yeah. the Leafs. No one wants it, any part of the Leafs. No. Nope. And the Jays with two Canadians in the opening day lineup and two rookies. Very yes, cool. yes. It's great to be a Jays fan because they're strong and youthful. And uh, I love that Donaldson trade every day. Did you oh, hear Laurie uh, uh, struck the, out the on twelve, 12 pitch, pitches? The twelve times. pitch four strikeouts. That was amazing. Like, how do you do that even? Oh man! Like, I mean, he was, like, uh, he was probably up against it every time he didn't swing. It was a strike, and every time he swung, it was just right through the pitch. And then, yeah. and then he he sent a tweet today. <laughs> he tweets like once a month, and it's always like his yeah. tweet today was like. How about that traffic, LOL, or something? No. Like, really? Is that? 
no what's on way. your mind after a four strikeout, 12 pitch, four strikeout performance? I can imagine his dash has got fist marks in it with like his rage. Yeah, he was an intense guy. I mean, he still is. He's not dead, obviously, but uh, no, from the trip, from the traffic, though. Yeah, like, the he's tra- probably like LOL, but he's punching the hell out of his dash. Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of intensity. Raging on a Red Bull. Raging forearms. The, the one question I have about the Jays: Brett Cecil's the closer. Yeah, well, I mean, we, there's no. Uh, that's the only issue with that with the team is always the bullpen in my mind, and hopefully these starters and the kids like. You know, hoping Hutchison is Hutchison really great, what we think, and obviously not having Stroman is a big blow. So we're not in the best position for pitching anyway. You know what I mean? We got to hope Dickey's going to be better and Burley as well. So it's it's kind of sketchy in the pitching department across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of you know it's a lot of offensive power, but we're still concerned about the pitching, and I don't think that's going to. Hey. Bring back Tom Hankey. He his last year <laughs> in the majors. He Sign like, him now. He had like yeah. 32 saves his last year, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." My hero as a kid. Oh, those glasses were just yes. Yes, phenomenal. Those glasses, wild. Jeremy, and your glasses were equally iconic. I think. Yes, and even to when I was a kid, I posted on Instagram actually a picture of me with glasses in 1988 or so, and that was when I was into Tom Hankey when he was, you know, blowing people down as the Terminator. Remember the, he had an Aqua Velva ad going, too, at the time? You Did the that? Terminator had an Aqua Velva ad? Some kind of fragrance. Maybe it was Stetson. Ooh. Ooh see, I, I don't know if I got that in Alberta. I, mi- oh, I yeah, missed that. <laughs> I might have missed campaign. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, he was mowing them down, and I had the literal same glasses. They were kind of like wheels glasses from DeGrassi Jr. That is such a great comparison. They are very similar. The plastic frames, right? No, they're clear. they're metal. Were they're they? kind of the metal. Yeah, little, you think like Paul Beeston, he's got them. Yes, right, Beeston. <laughs> the, the, the Jays were leading the league in the coolness factor with Rance Mullenix also sporting oh. a pair of specs. Yeah, he, had, he like had the stickers. He had like the the watch list glasses. <laughs> Whenever he stepped to my the plate, my mom would be like, "Is he an accountant?" <laughs> yeah. Why are you buying a team? A teen beat. That's a Banam de Carnaval buys. Pop magazines. Oh, God. Banam de Carnaval's at the newsstand right now, loading up on Tiger Beat. (laughs) Well, Banam, he's got nothing. Winter's over. Winter's over. It's magazine reading time. Seven One Direction magazine. Hey, Jeremy Taggart, we uh, we did six degrees of uh, separation with uh, Engineer Jim and uh, our. Our Canadian Wall of Fame entrant this week is Alanis Morissette. Do you have a Alanis Morissette connection? Mm. Uh, yeah, when when I, the OLP days, I, we opened up for her on the Jagged Little Pill tour, and uh, that was when she was blowing up. It was massive. So. Yeah. How was she handling her success at the time? It was getting to her head a little bit. She was a little <laughs> You're not gonna lie to you. <laughs> who who was her drummer on that tour? Taylor Hawkins. It was Taylor. Taylor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming full circle now. That was right after he was finished. uh, He just got that gig. He was in Sass Jordan before that. I don't know. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on. Taylor Hawkins was drumming for Sass Jordan? Yes. Wow. How did that hook up? Because Sass is Canadian, isn't she? Yes. The guitar player was Sass. I can't remember his name is uh, Steve or what the hell, Chris something. But he, he, he had that. Sass's band, he had Taylor, found Taylor in L.A. Wow. And uh, that's how that happened, yes. And then she went on to be a judge on Canadian Idol. The thing- she did, <laughs> did she? Yes, she did. The thing that struck me about Alanis when my dog PK jumped on her was she's a tiny human. Yeah. She's really yeah. small. And her... Really, Whoa! Really, <laughs> right? Really, really... <laughs> Take it easy there, Bob. The dog going straight for the... Jay, you just have the screw plays of the no style. <laughs> <laughs> I, we got to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> that'll that'll be beeped out on. I think that part. Oh, what? will it? I don't know. Oh, I think yeah. everyone will learn plays. something. Got to keep the screw plays. Keep on screw plays. Keep it on there. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy Taggart, we thank you as always, my friend. <laughs> yeah, great talking to you guys. Uh, happy Masters Week, boys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Enjoy it. Who's your pick? Yeah. Who's your pick? We know you're a huge golf fan. Who yeah. uh, winner take all? You know, I like Rory, and it would be nice to see him get the destiny of the Grand Slam. It would be all the, what people want. I cannot believe the people actually breaking down Tiger Woods 
uh, chipping oh. around or oh. the, the greens and they're thinking like the old tiger is back and he hasn't even hit a shot on the course yet. This is nuts. No, the the, the first round is going to be ridiculous. Uh, Tiger's first round, like at every shot. Oh man, yeah. The well, there's that count. I saw like, oh, he had 69 chips and he chipped two of them in. I was like, that was around the practice screen. This is the kind of coverage we're getting. Like, <laughs> we'll are see. we serious? We, I mean, golf's desperate. You see how desperate they are to have him back. Having said that, the U.S. Open Championship on Fox <laughs> is going to be a huge. <laughs> no, but I'm sure Lucetich has probably got some good tales going right now. Oh, Lucetich is uh, in a house with. Our Brad Faxon. And Holly Saunders, uh, who's been on the podcast, and we're going to get his tales from the Masters next week. Yeah, it's going nice. to be fun. Uh, I, 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 don't, I know we're running out of time, but I, maybe next week could tell you that when I got banged up in the Masters and it ended up at uh, Fred Funk's fried turkey party. Okay, oh. this is a, <laughs> yeah. that, if that is not a tease, I don't know what is. That is right. exciting. See you, buddy. See you, boys. Jeremy Taggart, Canadian rock legend. What a guy. Good guy. Well, that's it. We've talked. Uh, um, uh, we've talked uh, about the big hurt and coaches. That hot dog does sound good. That does sound tasty. We talked about uh, on the record your hit political show. We're gonna scan that. Maybe you can scan that in your free time, Patrick, and then come up with. Uh, I think it's like three hours. <laughs> Maybe like you should four. scan it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dan, There's two, what, what two if Fox News came along and said, listen, I just happened to catch a, a VHS tape of a political show you did in Canada. And I got to say, I think you've got what it takes to follow Bill O'Reilly or Megyn Kelly on Fox News. What do you say? So only if, long, my time is Only gone. if Guy Boudelier comes along for the ride. Perfect. Dawn and Dawn back together again. <laughs> it's been fun. Here we go. Uh, make sure you uh, you visit us on Twitter. On the Twitter. Oh, and Fox Sports Live, our show, 11 Eastern, every night. Didn't get to talk about uh, Francesa. We had such a good week last week with Francesa. He'll be there. We'll talk about him another time. At Jay and Dan Pod on Twitter, you can follow Jeremy Taggart at Taggart7. Engineer Jim at Engineer underscore Jim. Wow. I'm a bitch. <laughs> Peter Schrager's on Twitter. P Schrags, S-C-H-R-A-G-S. The Big Hurt's on Twitter. Oh, yeah. At the Big Hurt underscore 35. Uh, Micklehouse, that's Mike. Mike is dead. At Micklehouse. Pat Muldowney's on Twitter. At Pat Muldowney. That's Jay's Patrick. on Twitter. At Jay Onright. I'm on Twitter. At FS1 O'Toole. And Instagram. And make sure you get tickets to the Dakota Collegiate Fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, this coming weekend, uh, what is the date going to be? The it's 10th. April 10th, April Friday, 10th. April 10th. DCIGala.ca. D-C-I-G-A-L-A. The entire podcast podcast crew will be there. Just show up and on I'll the make jet. sure you have yes, a good time. Fox Jet. Yeah. Jets on the tarmac. Everyone's going to be there. So come on out and then we'll go to the Winnipeg Strip Club after. By the way, if we all took a jet together... They'd have to pour us off that plane. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, yes, sir. But we got to make it happen. I would yeah. spray that private jet bathroom with my hot seed. <laughs> and then the rest of us would have to in the garbage. Perfect. Well, you can wash your feet in that sink. Just lie on the lie on the floor in my semen. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, take care, everyone. Wow! 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 So long, my time here is up. They're going home!